Our theme this summer asks us what heals, what nurtures. As you use, we uphold seven principles. These principles use words like justice, equity, acceptance, encouragement, free and responsible search, right of conscience, democratic process, world community, peace, liberty, respect, compassion. Surely these words are meant on some level to assist us in nurturance and healing. And our very first principle, at least as listed, tells us that we affirm the inherent worth and dignity of every person. But how can we feel nurtured and healed when on this blue boat home that we call Earth, so many passengers struggle for that free search or acceptance or liberty? And we see our neighbors denied the recognition of their inherent worth and dignity and their rights as free persons. Some instances, rights that were at one time guaranteed through law, court decisions that affirmed women's rights to control their own bodies. Consultation with their own physicians but have been taken away by the same authorities after decades. When we see our neighbors of color or gender fluidity marginalized or worse. Folks, I'll tell you straight out, these issues and more make me angry. And I process daily the responses that I can make, the actions I can take to help me heal, to nurture my soul and bring more justice and equality into the world. I think it's a natural response to be angry over the abuses of power we see in our world, our country, our communities, as the gentle, angry people we often profess to be and affirm in song, how do we work to affect justice, freedom, compassion for all? Our democratic process in this country has evolved to where the minority rules on so many important issues, abortion rights, voting rights, access to books in schools, the accurate teaching of American history, the access to equity in matters of gender and gender expression. After all these years of social action, protest, election after election, where we went to the polls and voted our conscience along with our pocketbooks. After all of that, we sometimes get the impression that there's no progress at all. The songs we sang earlier, the song that'll send us home today, they're all at least decades old, and yet they seem so appropriate even for our world today. Stop, what's that sound? Sound of gunfire in our streets, our schools, our churches, synagogues, temples. Everybody look what's going down. The right to vote in some areas or obtain medical care during pregnancy, going down. There's battle lines being drawn. Red states versus blue, right-wing Christians versus the rest of us. Gun rights zealots versus the common sense regulation most of us desire. Once again, by almost any reliable measure, the politically active minority is still prevailing. In years past, we publicly protested, often at risk of arrest or injury or even death, like in Kent State and other places. We participated in sit-ins, love-ins, boycotts, voter registrations, political rallies. Is all of that for nothing? Well, of course not. We have many more integrated schools than when that movement started in the 50s. We have no more military draft, which back in the day seemed to give the wealthy and the influential a pass. 
We have cleaner air and water, healthier sources of food. We have better medical care for all, some of it much more affordable than even 20 years ago. Even after the Supreme Court tossed out Roe v. Wade, we have safe access to abortion and other pregnancy care in the majority of the country. We have minority representation in government, so we would do well to have much more. So yes, things are much better than they were the year I was born, way back in 1952. But in many ways, we are losing ground. When we lose ground, we get angry. At least I do. The song that Arnie sang earlier is filled with the words we seem to share as members of liberal faiths, dreaming an impossible dream, bearing with unbearable sorrow, as we cannot seem to reach that unreachable star. And yet, and we are bombarded through the airwaves, the internet, so-called social media, and the printed page with fear-mongering. If you'd like to spend a day in calmness without fear, I'd advise you against turning on your TV, especially any news shows, using your phone for anything other than a phone call, and accessing the internet for any reason at all, especially emails and social media. There used to be an old saying that if you didn't read a newspaper every day, you were uninformed. And if you did read one every day, you were misinformed. <laughs> now that was a pretty cynical attitude, but there was a pretty good chance that something you read would be misleading, slanted, or just plain false, on, especially on editorial pages. But that same logic still applies to most of our news sources as sensationalism in what passes for journalism intensifies unabated. Sensationalism sells. Remember the old publishing adage, if it bleeds, it leads. So many companies who now make money from selling journalism or the ads that fund it, these companies have every incentive to scare us nearly to death every chance they get. Given the huge number of news outlets that have developed first through cable television with many channels and then internet-based sources, it's around the clock. Competition for your attention's attention is fierce and often scary. Personally, I still gravitate to the three original TV networks. That does not include Fox. And public broad broadcasting primarily through NPR. Now, they're not perfect. As I discovered nearly every time any of them covered the industry that employs me. You may all have experienced similar experiences. When they report that an has occurred, you can pretty well believe them. But getting back to the us versus them that seems so pervasive and is no doubt driven by rather nefarious news sources that feed their followers what they want to hear, the result is often that those with the most extreme views on nearly every issue have found ways to scare the rest of us into taking sides. That brings us to the fact that the views of the minority have taken hold these past few years through political manipulation of mammoth proportion and spending lots of money. How do we manage to take back the rights we once enjoyed that are seemingly lost or under threat? How can we heal the pain and nurture ourselves in the process? We profess to be gentle, angry people, so we won't take up arms or cause physical harm to others. I dare say we will not storm a government building when elections do not go our way. Of course, the first thing, vote. I'm sure most of, I'm sure all of you do, register then vote locally, statewide, and nationally, and reach out to our elected officials, preferably as candidates before they get elected. If possible, get involved in the nomination processes. 
And by all means, donate whenever you can, whatever you can afford, to back those who carry our ideals forward. Vote for the causes that heal and nurture versus those that divide and oppress. Vote your conscience. Second thing, show up. When issues come up for debate with school boards and supervisors, show up whenever you can. Large numbers of voters showing up makes a difference. Even more when you submit your requests, or dare I say your demands, and reasoning in writing. The third thing is educate your children whenever you can at the age you think appropriate about the importance of keeping up with current affairs and voting. Surveys show that young people do not register to vote in many instances, perhaps feeling that it's a waste of time or maybe they don't feel their vote matters. Folks, every vote matters. Now, the next thing I'm gonna say may sound silly, perhaps controversial or even offensive to some, but here it comes. This country, we have the best Congress money can buy. We have the best state legislatures money can buy. And now, given what we've witnessed over the past few years, many would say we have the best Supreme Court money can buy. The major factor influencing those who elect us, elect, that we elect to govern us is money. Because without it, getting elected is nearly impossible. Senate races cost candidates millions of dollars per election. House seats nearly as much. The 2020 general election for Senate seats, Republicans outspent Democrats in 10 races and won them all. Okay, money matters, right? I'm going to suggest that major corporations have more power over who gets elected in this country than anyone else. And most of them by far are beholden to only one principle, keep the customers happy and buying what they're selling. Following that principle, behooves them to have legislatures and courts that help keep the money flowing, so that's who they generally back. Financially, even more so since the Supreme Court has ruled that corporations are people. Since the downfall of Roe, several states have enacted or revived some of the most draconian abortion restrictions in this nation in the last 50 years. And that makes me angry. So I have started with some small steps to take action. I've decided to start my own boycott of companies located in states with highly restrictive abortion laws. So far, I have severed ties with two companies I did business with on a regular basis for several years, one based in Utah, the other in my home state of Kentucky. And I've located alternative sources of their products manufactured in states which have kept the pre-row the pre status quo. Both instances, I informed the companies of my decision and reasoning. I will continue to research the source of anything I consider purchasing wherever possible and purchase the goods and services originating in progressive states and communicate my choices and reasons to as many companies as I can that I am not purchasing from them and why. This may sound like a ridiculous exercise. I never heard back from either of the companies so far, but the same internet that incites us so, with so much fear also provides me with the information I can use to make more conscientious choices in the marketplace. As most of you know, Arnie's song, The Impossible Dream, came from the musical play Man of La Mancha, which was adapted from Cervantes' Don Quixote and portrays Cervantes himself and his famous characters, 
These characters suffer imprisonment from the Inquisition, but they never give up fighting the unbeatable foe. They fight for the right without question or pause to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. How quixotic <laughs> and not unlike the battles we face as gentle, angry people in our fight for justice. We whose liberal beliefs and demands for fair and equal treatment for all place us also in a minority among faith communities. We often see ourselves as chasing an impossible dream. We are outnumbered, outspent, and at the moment it seems outmaneuvered in the political world. If you don't believe that, just take a look around our own county, see the huge impressive buildings where the conservative religious groups gather. And yet, we know that the majority of Loudoun's voters lean blue, at least recently. So either we have voters who worship one way and then vote another, or we have many citizens who are churchless. I'd like to think that many of those folks would join us if they only knew about us and could find room in our facilities to come in. But that's, that's for another sermon. And bring their children to a place where RE is for exploration and study and compassion. Yes, healing and nurturing, not indoctrination, as the conservative element weakly accuses our public school educators of doing. Folks, I'm not asking anyone to follow my path in becoming much more mindful and deliberate when making spending, spending decisions, but just imagine how large companies might respond if they began to receive a dozen letters a day telling them they've lost those customers' business because they're located in oppressive states. And then when word spreads, dozens more each day, then hundreds. If you don't think these boycotts can spring up in large numbers, just ask the makers of Bud Light what the extreme right-wing anti-LGBTQ plus has done to them these past few weeks and months. Ask the nation's cattle and beef producers what can happen after a few offhand remarks, exaggerated though they may have been, by a celebrity like Oprah. Those who disagree with us the most vehemently are carefully taught how to fight. Spreading fear and hatred, maximizing voter turnout, spending their dollars where they will have the greatest political clout, withholding their dollars when they are the least bit offended. I don't believe we can win by fighting fire with fire, but we can choose where to share our love, at least monetarily and we can spread the word. Now, just for the record, I do not believe in abortion. What I believe in is access to healthcare, where really hard decisions can be made by people and their chosen healthcare professionals. I believe schools should be able to offer quality education, offering our children the chance to understand our world as it is, not as the minority of religious zealotry wants to portray a narrow-minded distillation of the scripture of any particular religion. I believe that the right to keep and bear arms should be at least as well regulated as the militia organizations specified in the Constitution, registered to qualified individuals like automobiles and other modes of transportation and utilities that were unheard of in 1787. I believe so many more things, some of which were mentioned here this morning, some have been mentioned quite eloquently by others in this pulpit over the past months and years. The song, The Impossible Dream, may describe us in many ways. 
We have fought battles that seem unwinnable, but we persist because it is right to do so. We may never reach that unreachable star, but we must continue to strive. Because the, the advancements of the past 70 years alone in this country prove that we are making progress. As Dr. Martin Luther King said so many years ago, the arc of the moral universe is indeed long, but it bends towards justice. The justice that brought Nelson Mandela out of prison and into government, the justice that brought the first African-American into the White House, the justice that allows any two consenting adults to be married in this country. Folks, we have and we are making progress as justice-seeking, gentle, angry people. May we continue to strive together and share our message with the world.